This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Nation, welcome back to another episode of Extreme Resurrection. I'm James Gruenberg. Alongside with me is Steve Riddle. Steve, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. Um, like I said to you um, before we came on, I'm you know kind of battling this little cold, but um, you know I think it's not as bad as the um, as some of the stuff we watched in these two episodes. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I didn't think that um, I didn't think they were that bad. You know, a couple of a uh, couple of here's and there's uh, with the bad episodes, but um, like you, Steve, I'm also battling a uh, I'm also battling a cold myself. You know, um, it's fall here in Connecticut, and uh, you know the temperature like just dropped really really fast. You know, like from the sixties from the eighties and the seventies like to the sixties now. So. You know, with the temperature dropping, you know, people are starting to get like the the colds, you know, whether that be from the cold itself or, uh, you know, just like the germs are back, really. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, here in Vegas, I mean, we were still we were still dealing with like, you know, 90 degrees these last couple of weeks. That's so like now just starting to get, you know, start to hit the 80s. So um, yeah, it's just the, the weather I live in here in the desert. Yeah. So today we are going to be covering the ECWs from January 23rd, and we also have um, also have uh, hang on, oh ECW January 30th. So we're going to start off with uh, the January 23rd episode. We are live from Mobile, Alabama, at the Mobile Civic Center. And it is the week before the Royal Rumble, so. Everyone is preparing to get into the Royal Rumble to win that uh, win that um, chance to main event at, Wrestle, at WrestleMania 23, which is going to be at the at Ford Field in Detroit, Michigan, this year in 2007. And for for tonight, we have an over the top battle, over the top rope challenge. So you know a lot of the. Uh, some of the ECW uh, superstars are going to be in the Royal Rumble. So they just wanted to give a little preview tonight with an over-the-top rope challenge. It is the Sandman versus Sabu versus Kevin Thorne versus Tommy Dreamer versus Rob Van Dam. I have a neckbreaker by Tommy to RVD. And then basically it's just Sabu eliminates himself and Tommy Dreamer. By doing a hurricanrana that looked botched, but I'm not sure. What did you think of that, uh, 
It looks kind of botched because he throws himself over, but that might have been the plan too. Yeah, I think it was you know the better you know the fact that um Dreamer nearly landed on top of them, and that could have you know that could have gone really bad for Sabu. So he's he's lucky he didn't get hurt. Yeah, and then Kevin Thorne just throws Sandman out. RVD hits Kevin Thorne with a sidekick for the win. I gave it this. Um, I gave it a star, you know, it was just uh, something to just kick off. And uh, hopefully uh, RVD has some good chances uh, in the Royal Rumble. Yeah, I'm going to start in a quarter. Um, I use I really love I've always loved Battle Royals. So um, they're you know usually going to, you know, as long as they're entertaining, you know, I'll usually give them a decent grade. Um, I, I mean, pretty much the, the bulk of the match was basically a little last sprint there with RVD and Thorne, which wasn't too bad. And, you know, a good one there for um, RVD. He kind of needed it after the last couple of uh, last couple of weeks where he kind of where he didn't um, get the ECW title back. So he needed a little um, bounce back here. Yeah. So, uh, you know, RVD sets his sights on uh, main eventing WrestleMania this year. Now we have Marcus Corvan versus Wes Adams. Marcus is basically destroying Wes. Uh, the double underhook slam by Marcus Corvan, the pounce. And we also have the arm bar for the win. Um, I would I, I gave this a star also, Steve. Uh, incredible showing by uh, Marcus Corvan, even if he is going against jobbers. So hopefully as... Um, the weeks go by he starts uh facing some of the um some of the ecw talent like give him a jobber today and then you know put him up against like little guido uh the next time he wrestles on ecw because i think you know someone like little guido could be a step up you know from jobbers to, to little guido be like hey this guy's got something yeah, I agree. Um, I went half a star. Basic um, squash here. A um, couple of things I noticed. Um, one, his name is now um, spelled Mark, you know, M-A-R-C-U-S, which, of course, is the name he's the way it's going to go from here on. Um, second, after being um, announced from the Animal Kingdom last week, uh, this week he's announced from Detroit. So I think they kind of realized that um, the Animal Kingdom sounded too too goofy and they just build him as being from an actual city. Um Cuts a decent little you know, promo before the match begins to kind of, you know, basically telling uh, Adams that he's going to run over him if he doesn't get out of his way. And when you look at Adams facially, he kind of looks like um, great value AJ Styles almost with the way his uh, facial features look like. Just definitely a little bit more um, on the pudgy side um, as this thought I had. But um, but yeah, again, you know, Corvon just showing off his moves. Um, good double underhook suplex. The pounce look pretty good. And then he won again with that um with that arm bar, which I'm still not the biggest fan of, but it's you know whatever. Um, I do agree. Um, I don't you know having him face you know back to back jobbers is fine, but um I think from going forward, especially now as we especially since he's probably not going to get featured at the Rumble, um he should start going up against um like you said kind of more name guys like um like like a little Guido's a good good choice or uh, maybe even like a Balls Mahoney or somebody like that to really someone that can still give him a test but someone that can um can put him over um strongly and give him like a name a name win as he starts building his way up the book up the ladder yeah agreed that uh you know it's time to get him out of the jo- jobber city and uh onto the 
um, the main card players. Maybe not Rob Van Dam, but just starting them out small. Like if Stephen Richards, Stephen Richards, is still around on ECW too. You know, you could like give him to Marcus Corvan, not as a squash, but as uh, someone who can uh, put people over. And uh, now we go backstage. Um, apparently, the main event tonight was supposed to be Hardcore Holly versus Bobby Lashley. However, Tess got it changed. So it's going to now be a non-title, non-title match before the Royal Rumble. Um, it's going to be Tess versus Bobby Lashley. But Hardcore Holly is mad that Tess got the main event changed. Holly will do anything to get an ECW title shot. Anything on this yeah. one, Steve? Uh, well, I'll, I'll save bulk of my comments for when we get to the main event. But um, I, I feel, I mean, you got, you feel a little bit bad for Holly here. I mean, I don't know why they changed it here. I mean, maybe because they thought, I mean, given where we are, you know, in basically Holly's hometown, um, maybe they were afraid they were gonna, he was gonna, you know, get a pop over Lashley, which I. I doubt. I mean, he's been entrenched as a heel. I think the fans wouldn't, you know, split the pot between him and Lashley. Um, but I, I don't know if that's that what their reasoning was. But I mean, if I were him, I'd have a great too. Yeah. Um. So now we get uh, the return of Kelly Kelly's extreme expose. Kelly brings out Layla and Brooke. And Layla has a background in dancing as she is a former Miami Heat dancer. So uh, good on good on them to know Layla's background where like she can be a dancer uh, for these uh, extreme expose uh, segments. And they do now they call themselves extreme expose as well. So the three of them are called extreme expose. And they get interrupted by a uh, test promo. So, what did you think of the uh, extreme expose, Steve? It was fine. I mean, I think this is um, Brooke's debut, so this is the first time we get a look at her. Um, Layla, I mean, this is a good thing for her because she hasn't really done much since she won the Diva Search last year. So, this is good for her, and it kind of mixes things up with um, with Kelly, so that she's just not going back to what she was doing before, which was those solo um, those solo dances. Um, but right off the bat, you can t- just tell by the dance moves that um, that Layla easily outshone both Kelly and Brooke. Um, it, it, it wasn't even question, any question. I mean, just by standing next to them, Kelly immediately looks out of place. Bet- even between, um, I mean, like I said, Layla was easily the the shining star, and Brooke was you know was fine for what she was doing. Um, but Kelly just stuck out like a sore, stood out like a sore thumb, um, especially next to Layla. Uh, yeah, so uh, Layla takes home the win for uh, Best Dancer tonight. And she probably will for a little while now until uh, Kelly can get her moves down. And let's see what Brooke has to offer as well. Mm-hmm. So now as we move on, we get CM Punk versus Elijah Burke. And Steve, I looked up uh, before this, before watching this show as well see what happened to Sylvester Turkai. And it turns out he was released from WWE at around this time period. And he went back to wrestle for uh, New Japan. But um, it, I thought it was a little bit of a, not, not, a, not a shock surprise, but 
you know, how early that they released him, you know, because like he seemed like he was going to be like a a huge, um, a huge enforcer guy. You know, everyone wants to get to Burke, but they got to get through uh, Turkai first to get to Elijah Burke. You know, Burke was the mouthpiece. Turkai was the um, Turkai was the muscle. So, you know, you got to take down the muscle to get to the mouth. What did you um, do? You have anything to say about uh, Sylvester Turkai getting released? I mean, I guess you could say maybe um, miss potential, but um, I think they knew all along that um, the guy that had that they probably had the most potential in was was Burke. Um, not to say that, um, like you said, Turkai could have just been like the silent muscle, you know, backing him up. But I guess they, you know, figured that since they had other plans for Burke that they didn't have to. So I was I was kind of look. So I was just looking it up. So per uh, the history of WWE, uh, Turkai was released on. Um, January 18th. So it was the day after our last, um, or two days after the last show we did. Uh, it was it was him, uh, Tatanka, who remember he was you know he had made his little comeback in 06. Um, Tony Mamaluke. So um, so Guido now is on his own. Um, no more FBI and the Gemini. I don't know if you remember that uh, that tag team from <laughs> from that from that time frame. Um, I do remember them, and I feel like Simon Dean was there, uh, or Nova, or Simon Dean was their uh, manager, I think. I'm not sure if that was them or not, but um, I do remember that tag team. So it was no surprise on uh, Tony Mamaluke. Maybe Vince doesn't want like too much of the old ECW in there. I mean, what did Tommy Tony Mamaluke have to offer to um, ECW on sci-fi? You mean he wasn't being used that much? No, basically with um just with with uh, Guido, they were you know pretty much putting over um the tag teams. So, and actually one other quick note um for our for the like ECW loyalists um the next day the nineteenth um was the um the unfortunate passing of uh, one Bam Bam Bigelow. Uh, he had passed away at the age of forty five. Of course, uh, fans remember he was a former ECW uh, world champion and TV champion. Um, so obviously a, uh, a sad loss for the, um, for the business. One of the most, um, kind of underheralded, uh, big men that ever graced the squared circle. Yeah. I mean, the dude could jump, he could dive, he could slam, you know, and, uh, very sad loss for the, uh, ECW community and the WWE community that, uh, Bam Bam Bigelow died, uh, you know, died around this week too. So we have. Kicks by Punk, hard chops by Punk to Burke. Burke slams Punk off the turnbuckle. A swinging neck, neck breaker by Burke. Um, and then a neck breaker by Punk, you know. Uh, and then um, the Uranagi. And uh, then the uh, a Bulldog by Punk for a two count. Burke tries to grab the tights, but Punk rolls up Burke for the win. I gave it a star and a half. It seemed that um, seemed like they were giving this match a lot of time. And uh, Burke was looking like he could uh, hold his own uh, against Punk here. So I gave it a star and a half. I gave it two stars. I thought it was a solid effort by both guys. Um, kind of funny. Burke um, wrestles the match in his track pants. Um, he doesn't have his normal tights on. I thought that was kind of funny. Um we actually had to mention too. Uh, Matt Stryker was on commentary for the match, and um, obviously continuing the little issue he had going on with Punk. Um, but yeah, these two just put on a really good, solid um, mid card match that just you know 
maybe if it gotten you know it hit the next level i think really could have you know been a really like almost like a hidden gem for um for the tv um but as is you know it was a good little um good win there for punk who's obviously going to be in the rumble um so this again much like um rvd earlier this gives punk some momentum and you hope that um that he would have a good showing in the rumble match yeah so uh let's see what uh cm punk does this sunday at the royal rumble as well now, Steve, it is time for our main event. Like we said before, it is Tess versus Bobby Lashley. A huge stare down between the two guys. Um, if you looked at that stare down, Steve, they looked like they were ready to like give, tear each other's heads off. You know, like you see Bobby Lashley's muscles and then you see like Tess, uh, Tess's big body. Like, you know, they looked like they were ready to like rip each other apart. Yeah, I mean, you can't deny that this they've they've been building this, um, you know, very well ever since Lashley came over to ECW. That um, you're just waiting to see these two, even though we'd seen them face each other before, um, particularly you know the week before in that triple threat. Um, you know, it was it was a good little sh- uh, stare down there and a good challenge here for Lashley. Yeah, it was. So then uh, Lashley punches Tess to the outside. Tess is working on Lashley. Tess misses the elbow, a clothesline by Bobby Lashley. Tess slams uh, Lashley into the steel, a pump handle slam for a two count by Tess. Tess misses with a chair, a spear to Tess. Tess goes into the steel, and then Tess goes into the steps. Lashley slams Tess for the win. I gave this one a star and a half as well. A good good showing uh, before the Royal Rumble. I, yeah, I gave it a star three quarters. It wasn't um, as bad as I thought it was, you know, thought it might have been. Um, they like, like, like I said, they definitely worked well together. But the logic here just made no sense. It's like you've got these two set for the pay-per-view in five days. And not only do you have them facing off on TV, you have you have you have Lashley win clean. So it's like, you know, what, what good does that do, do for test? I mean, you're trying to put him over as this, you know, big threat to Lashley. And then you have Lashley just pin him, you know, pin him, you know, cleanly, you know, before the title match. So it's like, you know, if, if you thought, you know, test maybe had a shot before now it's like, well, well, hell he can't, if he can't beat Lashley in a non-title match on TV, how's he going to beat him at the pay-per-view for the title? It just made zero sense. Like if, I, I I don't know. I, I think what they should have just done was just have um have Lashley and Holly have the match and then just have Tess get involved somehow and then just like do something where like Tess lays him out and then like you know holds the belt up because at least then you build some heat to the pay-per-view match. Um or if you have to do it this way where these two face off, do something where it's like either like a double DQ or a double counter or something like that, or maybe like, you know, Tess wins by count out or something like that, because you know, he, or or by DQ because he had been, you know toying around with Lashley for the last few weeks and Lashley just, you know, snaps and loses it. And so at least you have something to give test a little bit of momentum, but here it's just like, you know, you shoehorn the match five days before the pay-per-view and then you have Lashley pin him clean. So it's like, now it's like, there's, you're, you're thinking to yourself, there's no way Tess is going to win the the title at this point. It just, I, I don't know. It just made no sense to me. Agreed. Um, it doesn't make sense. But we will see as, um, like we said before, we are heading into the Royal Rumble 
Royal Rumble 2007, will Tess become ECW world champion or will Lashley retain? And who will win the 2007 Royal Rumble? Before we get into um, our next show, let's talk about the Royal Rumble a little bit, Steve. Let's talk about um, the ECW title match. Bobby Lashley beats Tess by countout. So you build up this hype for, you know, the Royal Rumble. Yeah, Bobby Lashley does beat Test a clean on the on the last ECW episode before the Royal Rumble, and now we get this match between Lashley and Test for the ECW title at the Royal Rumble, and it is a countout. What are your thoughts on Bobby Lashley winning by countout? It was stupid. Like again, it just it made it just defied all logics. Like you have Lashley pin him clean on the on TV, and then when you get to the pay per view where the belt's on the line, you have you know you do the not finish here. It just made no sense at all. It's like you know you're trying to trying to build Lashley up as your top guy on ECW, and you can't have, even have him pin test clean here. Uh, you know, you have to do it on T you know, yeah, he did it on TV, but it's like, this is the pay-per-view. This is where, you know, millions of people are going to be watching and you're obviously building him, you know, wanting to build him up for WrestleMania for something. Um, we didn't know what at the time, but it's like, you know, did they need to, did they need to protect test on the pay-per-view by having them job on TV? It's just, it, it just made no sense. And the fact that Lashley, you know, just laid him out afterwards, just, you know, just made even less sense. I I, I don't know, just a, a really weird uh, booking decision by them. And it, it did not really make um, Lashley seem that dominant. No, it doesn't. And uh, I don't think it makes Tess look dominant either. I mean, you know, if he if Bobby Lashley wins by count, what does it really do for Tess? Does nothing, you know, he didn't prove anything because he didn't win and you just walked out. So. This CCW title match is inconclusive, as we're going to hear through the night. So, Steve, besides the winner of the Royal Rumble, what do you remember about the Royal Rumble 2007? Um, just like the match itself or the show as a whole? Uh, the match itself. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. The match itself. No, no, that's okay. I mean, we could. I mean, I can also get my opinions on the show. But um, as for the match itself, I thought it was a really, really fun rumble. I mean, they they had built it up as you know the most star studded in history, and you know they they got themselves some pretty big names here. Um, I thought that um, ECW the they did a good job holding their own. I thought um, looking at the guys, I thought Punk and RVD looked the best of of the bunch. Um, I found I did find it funny that um. Sabu took the um one of the best spots in the match when he took that choke slam from Kane off the apron through the table to um to get eliminated. I mean, <laughs> you had to throw a hardcore spot hardcore spot in there with you know somebody. Um, figure That's what I was, I was saying I was like, oh man, you know Sabu getting choked. I remember watching it. I was like, oh boy, here comes Sabu, and he just got choke slammed through the table to get himself eliminated. I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah, um, I one of the funniest parts I thought was when um, Sandman made his entrance. He you know did his usual thing coming through the crown. He stopped by and you know he did his um, you know opening up the beer. Um, one of the ushers that was like standing next standing next to him got you know got splattered with it. She you know just like she cringed about it. And I like to think that um, 
that they told them, uh, they told the ushers there is like, just, you know, we got a wrestler coming through here. Just make sure nobody's, you know, in the way so that they can get through the crowd easily. Not telling them that it was going to be Sandman who's going to, you know, crack open his beer and get them get them covered in beer. I thought that was, I just, I thought that was funny. And then of course he gets in the, and I loved how, um, cause, cause I thought one of the things that really made the match good was that it was Cole, JBL and, and King on commentary. And it's, it's Sam, when Sam came to the ring, JBL was like, you know, Hey, Steve Austin drank a lot of beer and he eliminated, you know, 30 something guys in a rumble match. And then, um, I think like Sam got a few cane shots in, but then King Booker like quickly eliminated him. And JBL was like, Oh, well, Sam has no Steve Austin. So, <laughs> <laughs> I thought that I thought that was um that was great um, but yeah I think um like I said ECW did really well um that last ten minutes with um Sean and Taker might be the best like last like last ten minutes stretch in any Rumble history like them just going heads up for you know for that time um, was just so damn good and then um and I I remember being I, I think a lot of people were stunned when um when Taker won because um given that the show was in San Antonio and that was Sean's hometown, you know, they thought maybe he would, um, he would win, but um, I thought it was good for um, kind of interesting to see that Taker finally won a Royal rumble. And it, you know, add some intrigue now because, you know, not only does he have a title shot at WrestleMania, but he's obviously now got the streak. So it's pretty much, you know, you're now kind of depending on which belt he challenges for, you're now going to be building it up as basically, He's going to be going after the champion while the champion has a chance to end his um his and and the streak. So I think that that's some nice little um continuity there and going into that to that uh to that WrestleMania. And then just as for the show as a whole, um, I thought it was a pretty you know fun show. I mean, obviously you know the opener I thought between the Hardys and Eminem in a December to December rematch I thought was really good. Um, Batista, uh, Mr. Kennedy was a fine you know world title match, but obviously you know that Cena Umaga last man standing match is just one of the greatest, you know, last man standing matches in history. I mean, those two just went, at, you know, went at it with each other. And I think it really gave Cena some great credibility um, that he was able to have such an epic match with a guy like Umaga. So I think it definitely um, was a big win for him. Um, so overall, I thought the show itself was, um, was really good. And I'm interested to see now um, how the build goes for uh, WrestleMania, particularly for ECW. Yeah, I as well am uh, intrigued to see what happens uh, with ECW. They get their shot at uh, their shot to make uh, moments at ECW. But like you said, Steve, the Undertaker has won the Royal Rumble. He last eliminated Shawn Michaels, and I thought I thought Shawn was going to win after eliminating Randy Orton and Edge, who thought who said they were going to. One of them were going to win the Royal Rumble. And when Undertaker won, I was like, okay. But I was so surprised. I thought Shawn Michaels was going to win the Royal Rumble. Not only does Taker have a title shot, which title is he going to challenge for? He went on Monday Night Raw and gave John Cena the signal that he wants to go after his WWE title on Raw. So Undertaker went to Raw. And will it be for John Cena's WWE title? But now we are on ECW, January 30th, 2007. We are live from Houston, Texas. And Steve, for the first time on ECW on Sci-Fi, 
And it might be the first time in ECW history Mr. McMahon is backstage. He says mm-hmm. that he is going to change up ECW a bit. So Mr. McMahon's going to have an announcement tonight. I found it surprising that Mr. McMahon was backstage. What about you, Steve? Well, this is going to be an interesting time because if you remember, you mentioned you know what happened with Taker and Cena the night you know on Raw the night before. But if you also remember, uh, Vince was doing his little, um, I guess like supposed fan appreciation night where he wasn't really, really, really being appreciative, and he got interrupted and um, no pun intended, trumped by of all people Donald Trump, who had um, who made uh, money fall from the ceiling. So. Uh, Vince was definitely left with a lot of egg on his face, and it would be it will be interesting interesting to see if that's um if that plays out any further. But yeah, him showing up here on ECW um, is pretty interesting. It's you know because I think um, you know you wondered how he would um, how he would fare on this um, on this brand, knowing that um, what it's um, what it's become. So it was going to be interesting interesting to see what he has to say. Yeah, it is going to be interesting to see what he has to say. But also, Steve, uh, he runs into, um, I forgot to say, like uh, backstage, he runs into uh, Marcus Corbin, and he's looking at the what he thinks is the future of ECW as well, and he sees a lot of potential in Marcus Corbin. Then he sees the Sandman just drinking beer like he always does, and the Sam, and he goes, what kind of a name is the Sandman? Oh, you got it from that song, Mr. Sandman. Bring me a tree. (laughs) And he starts dancing. So Mr. McMahon is not a fan of the of the Sandman, but he has high appraisal for uh, Marcus Corvan. Yeah, um, I mean, right off the bat, you can tell the, the. You know, what they think of Corvan that they gave him a you know brief there with uh, with Vince and Vince putting him over big time and not only you know it's just funny he walks up there's the Sammy and like you said drinking beer and reading a newspaper randomly and yeah Vince uh, singing was was a sight because uh, those that um have been following um our good friends over at the North South Connection at the Extreme Thruway Dance remember that um in the like early episodes whenever they would talk about Sammy they would actually play that song so I uh, kind of yeah. missed that I wish I wish they would I wish they would at least um brought that back retroactively when they talk barely legal but um but yeah that's just something I always enjoyed but um yeah he, uh, he chastises uh Sammy for drinking on the job meanwhile you know how many times did he see um was he in the ring with Steve Austin when he was drinking so <laughs> Uh, yeah so now we have cm punk versus matt striker a clothesline to the outside by punk a neck breaker from the top rope by striker power slam by punk needed the face and a back breaker by punk but for a two count striker counters a, so then striker counters a roll up and pins punk while his hand is on the rope so I was watching this match and you see Stryker have the have punk pinned and you know what he like you can tell at the bat what he's going for. However, the referee sort of like stalled a little bit and like sort of ruined it because you know it's like the ref's gotta get in like the right position and it's like one, two, oh striker's got his hand on the rope, three, 
And so I kind of feel that like the referee stalling and not being in the right position uh, sort of brought the brought the win win down a little bit for me. So I went a star and a quarter. I thought it was a good showing by Punk and Stryker, but just that um the where the referee was and the the finish really just uh, brought it down a little bit for me. Yeah, I went um a star and a half. Um definitely a, a notch below the match they had two weeks ago, but obviously here they didn't have as much time, so um they really didn't get to, you know, hit that next level. But um can, you know, can Striker please find a pair of tights that actually fit him properly? I mean, holy crap. The, t- <laughs> the tights he were wearing was like, you know, two sizes too small. It was just, it was just like so, un- it just like looks so uncomfortable for him. It's like, I just, I, I, I don't get it. Um, I, I thought that um, him winning was, was okay. Cause I mean, cause they obviously want something between these, they want these two to continue this feud. And yeah, that, that kind of a spot, it's always kind of touch and go if the referee's not in the right position. So it all, you know, can look awkward at times. So um, this was one of the times where it just looked awkward. Um, I do agree with you on that. But um, other than that, I thought it was a fine little win here for, um, for striker to kind of keep, uh, you know, kind of get him back on track. And it's not, not a bad, too bad of a loss for punk. Um, cause I think they're still trying to figure out what's, you know, something substantial for him. Um, even though he's got this little mini feud here with striker. Yeah. So, uh, we'll see, uh, what happens between, uh, CM Punk and striker as we get going, as we, uh, move along here on the March to WrestleMania and the March to no way out as well, because we'll be, uh, that'll be coming up as well. We get Royal Rumble highlights from last night. Like we said, The Undertaker wins. And then Mr. McMahon is backstage again. He's basically with uh, he's with Tommy Dreamer. I think this is when he was with Tommy Dreamer. And um, he's berating Tommy as well. Like, what kind of a name is Dreamer? Like, are you just dreaming of things, Tommy? You know, and all that stuff. So, yeah, you know, Vince McMahon is still not a fan of the uh, original ECW guys. Yeah, this this one wasn't as good as his um, interaction with Sandman, but it was still, it, it again gets the point across that uh, his uh, disdain for anything, you know, old school ECW. I think it's because it's not his. Maybe that's why. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> So now we have Rob Van Van Dam versus Hardcore Holly. A a heel kick by RVD. A Hurricanrana to Holly. A sidekick to the face by RVD. Clothesline by Hardcore Holly. These guys, I do believe, Steve, throw on like, like they are just throwing stuff at each other, too. Like this, this, like these two are great working against each other. I know we've seen it in the past and especially that one match where hardcore, like where it was extreme rules and hardcore Holly had to get like 24 stitches because of the table spot. But these two, pardon me, these two definitely um, bring out the best of in each other on ECW. Oh, definitely. I definitely agree. Yeah, a clothesline by Hardcore Holly, a flying crossbody to Hardcore Holly on the on the outside by RBD, a leg drop off the rope by RBD. Hardcore pushes uh, RBD into the barricade. 
Holly slams RVD into the steps. Hardcore is just dominating RVD. A spinning heel kick to her, to a spinning heel kick to Holly, a drop kick to RVD, a monkey flip and side kick to Holly, a rolling thunder for a two count by RVD. RVD misses the frog splash. So as Hardcore Holly is going out for his, um, as Hardcore Holly is going for his Alabama slam, his back kind of gave out a little bit here, but he slams RVD into the post. And then he hits him with the Alabama slam for the win. Steve, I gave this a star in three quarters. I really think that they are letting, they are focusing on letting the middle matches having have more time. And that's what I think they needed. Because if you go back to the original ECW episodes of uh, sci-fi in 2006, you're only getting like maybe like five minutes of the in the in the middle matches, you know, or under uh, five minutes. But here now that it's like in 2007 and, you know, Mr. McMahon, Vince has more hands on. It seems that like the middle of the card matches are having more time here. So I want to start in three quarters. Yeah, I went two and a half. Um, I definitely agree with you. I mean, when I saw the time for the match, I was like, I was stunned. It was because it's like, it's like almost 15 and a half minutes. So they really give these guys, you know, plenty of time to work with. And um, like we said earlier, you know, they have really good chemistry with each other. And they're just, you know, just going all out. Um, bit of a shock that Holly won. Um, I wonder if this was maybe just kind of to, you know, pay it back for the fact that they basically pulled him out of a match in his hometown the previous week. Um but yeah, I think it was just kind of an um, interesting decision they had him win and not RVD, um, especially after the performance RVD had at the Rumble. Um, but I mean, again, it doesn't hurt RVD that much, and uh, they still, you know, see something in Holly, and you know, they probably have him, you know, potentially lined up as another contender for uh, for Lashley, um, especially given what he said the previous week. So uh, I thought it was a really solid match to kind of anchor the show here in the middle, and um, a good win here for Holly. Yeah, so we go behind uh, backstage, and uh, Vince McMahon has made fun of Balls Mahoney. You know, like, what kind of a name is Balls? And um, then he goes to Sabu and asks Sabu if he was from Baghdad or something <laughs> like that along those lines, which was terrible. <laughs> yeah, he said something like, um, "Like, is he for, like, are you part of the Taliban?" Which does not hold yeah. does not hold up well today, and um. I the I like the little interaction with uh, with balls because um you know they bring up you know his last name Mahoney being Irish and Mahoney's like and balls is like oh yeah I'm just you know we're both Irish I'm just like you and Vince is like you're nothing like me so <laughs> I just thought that was kind of interesting balls tried to use the Irish connection to you know get on Vince's good side and Vince just was having none of it he's like no you're from Northern Ireland you're not from the heart of Ireland get it. <laughs> So we get another extreme expose. Again, Layla had the best dance moves, and then it gets interrupted by Mr. McMahon. So when Mr. McMahon comes out, he wants nothing to do with the women, and the women leave. Would have thought he would ask them to stay, you know, and give him a private dance. <laughs> yeah, I thought Vince said, as much. <laughs> oh, it's not. Vince says the original ECW sucks. 
and the ECW legends suck. So he really is burying the whole original ECW and he was burying the ECW originals, um, you know, and he says that it needs to, he says Vince is here to fix ECW, says it needs more athletic and fit athletes. He brings out Elijah Burke and he says that Elijah Burke is what ECW needs. Burke says he will give every ECW original the Elijah experience. Out comes Sandman, Balls Mahoney, Tommy Dreamer, and Sabu. They come out and they just lay it all onto Burke. Burke gets punched, he gets caned, he gets DDT'd, and then he gets put through a t- through a table by Sabu and from the ECW originals. And Vince McMahon is furious. But I think this is a good solid start to uh, what we're going to see down the line where the uh, ECW originals aren't going to take Mr. McMahon's crap, nor are they going to take crap from what Mr. McMahon is trying to do in getting these new guys over the ECW originals. A good start to uh, this feud here. Yeah. Um, Real quick about the uh, Extreme X, we'll say, like you said, Layla, again, just, you know, outshining both Kelly and Brooke. I mean, you can, you just watch it. You just notice Kelly is just like looking over her shoulder every now and then just to kind of make sure she's in tune time with those, with the other two. And uh, I point I had had kind of noticed is like the week before when they did their first dance, Kelly was in the middle um, kind of as as a centerpiece. And this week it's Layla who's in the center. So clearly they know who the real star is. Um, I thought Vince really, you know, you know, really cut a good promo here. Um, I would have, I kind of would have thought it would be interesting if he brought up the his, you know, his past history with ECW, you know, back in the day when he was helping, you know, you know, kind of support them behind, you know, behind the scenes, um, and kind of, you know, you know, you know, the, the, there was always the, the stories going around that he was, you know, f- you know, financially compensating uh, Heyman back then. Um, and you know, and I like you know the kind of the direction he's going is like you know the 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 old ECW is you know washed up and they're nothing and now it's all about you know young and vibrant athletes and I thought Burke was definitely a great example of that. Uh, he looked really um, swank in that suit he was rocking, um, and he took a really good beating here by the from the originals. You know, like you said, he took the cane repeatedly. He took you know the finishers. He took the table the table bump. Um, so yeah, kind of a little. We got, we're kind of getting this little um, this friction here between the originals and this you know young crop of talent coming in, and it does make me wonder too. Excuse me, had Heyman not left in December, um, if they were still went with this direction, and just had Heyman kind of be the mouthpiece for these uh, young guys instead of Vince. I mean, maybe it could have been like, oh, yeah, like, I mean, I guess Paul Heyman is still like, you know, the bad guy. Or maybe they go like Paul versus uh, Paul's uh, ECW originals. Like he asked for forgiveness of like, you know, and they go up against Mr. McMahon's new breed, you know, or Paul leads the new breed. So could have gone either way. But, uh, you know, I still think it was a strong uh a strong opening to uh, the feud and what we're going to see uh, down the line as well. But a uh, good call on if uh, Paul Heyman uh, 
doesn't leave in EC in December of 2006, like would he have been while well, leading the charge, the originals asking for forgiveness, or would he be leading the new breed and uh, leading the new talent to greater heights? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would have been interesting to see. And it'll be interesting, it's interesting to see um, <coughs> the other guys that get, um, but get kind of brought into this. Cause you obviously know, just based on what happened earlier, that Corvon's probably going to have something to do with, to do with this. Um, it'll just be, um, Interesting to see um, who else gets involved here. Yeah. Now we have now we have our main event. It is a rematch from the Royal Rumble because the Royal Rumble match was inconclusive as Bobby Lashley defeated Test by countout. It is Test versus Bobby Lashley for the ECW title. Test pushes Lashley into the ring post. Test is slammed onto the concrete. A suplex to Test, a big boom missed by Test, a power slam by Lashley. Actually, yeah, that, that's basically it. It's like a big boom miss and then a power slam by Lashley for the win. Um, I want to start in a quarter, Steve. Uh, nothing special here, but a good dominant performance by uh, both guys here. But just like nothing special. And I feel like you're just getting a little bit worse for Test, like in the in the title picture because now he gets pinned again not at the pay-per-view so it makes Lashley look bad even more but now Tess digs himself into a bigger hole because he gets pinned on TV again yeah I went um, a star and a half I thought it was okay um, yeah I mean this pretty much is I think I mean in terms of like being a contender this is definitely it for test i mean he he lost the previous week in the non-title match clean he then loses by count out at the pay-per-view and now here he loses clean again um and you know kind of gets dominated here by lashley i think they just wanted to get through this finally um just to kind of get get this over with um and i mean we'll i i think this is actually it for good for test um going forward i mean we'll see if we see him again um but I think they just wanted to get again, get this over with. Just give test. I mean, give Lashley the win he should have gotten at the Rumble. Um, I think this was just more to um, set up what was to happen after the match. Do you think Mr. McMahon or do you think Vince and WD were uh, a little scared to uh, push Test here? Because it seemed like um, in these like past couple of weeks they were trying to really mount uh, the push for Test. You know, to be this big heel. And it really, it falls apart on him. Yeah. I mean, I think they just couldn't, um, they just couldn't trust him at this point. I mean, he, I mean, he clearly just by looking at him, you know, he's not, you know, he's not healthy. Um, he's, you know, doing stuff that he shouldn't be. And, um, I mean, I don't think they were, obviously, I don't think they were ready to take the belt off Lashley yet. I don't think there was ever a plan for Tess to win the title. Um, but I think he was going to remain like a top, you know, like you said, a top contender or a top like upper heel, upper card heel, or maybe even at some point, maybe go over to Raw and Smack or SmackDown and be, uh, you know, an upper card heel on one of the two brands there. Um, but I think at this point, they just realized that, you know, they just couldn't, um, they couldn't trust him with that kind of, uh, with that kind of a spot. And um, as I said, I think this is, this is it for him totally. Yeah, we'll see. Um, we'll see where Tess goes uh, after this one. But before we get out of here, 
Steve. Um, the Undertaker, the Undertaker's gong goes off, and he comes out to the ring, and he looks at Bobby Lashley's ECW title, but the same thing that he did on Raw with uh, John Cena and his W title. He goes to the ring now. And he um, tests, uh, tries to get in the way, but he gets the choke slam for his troubles as well by the Undertaker. But Undertaker is looking at Bobby Lashley's ECW title, and that might be uh, up for grabs at WrestleMania 23. Should Undertaker pick Bobby Lashley's ECW title? You imagine if they actually? I mean, yeah, you know, it's. You imagine an EC an Extreme Rules match. Bobby Lashley versus The Undertaker for the ECW world title. That could have been, that could have, that could be something. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a cool moment for Taker to show up uh, on ECW, even though he had been there before, um, but to kind of show up back here and kind of one last, one final burial of Tess as he takes a, a nasty choke slam there from Taker and, I actually like that stare down with Taker and Lashley. I thought that, I mean, on paper, that's definitely a very um, cool little matchup. Um, and one we never actually got to see. I mean, we'll, you know, spoiler alert, Taker obviously does not challenge for the ECW title. Um, <laughs> but we never got, but we never got to, you know, see them face off at any point, in, you know, past this. I mean, throughout the rest of 07. And then, um, then of course, Lashley would leave. And then when he came, when he came back in 2018, by that point, Taker was, you know, was getting ready to wrap it up. But, um, it would have been kind of an interesting matchup between those two. I think they could have had a really fun, you know, brawl um, if it had been an extreme rules match. <laughs> I just love how, uh, you know, Joey and Taz are just, you know, marking out about this and they're like, well, you know, they're, you know, cause they bring up about what happened the night before and they're like, Oh, well, I guess this means, you know, Taker's not going to challenge Cena for the title. He's challenging Lashley. And I think uh, most people probably, knew there was a good chance Taker was not picking picking Lashley, but just having that little stare down there between the two, you know, I thought was kind of intriguing. It made you think maybe down the line we could see these two in a, you know, big marquee matchup, which would have been um, really fun to see. Yeah, it would have been. So that's going to close the, um, that's going to close the, the show here. I like this show a little bit better than the, uh, January 23rd episode, I really enjoyed the uh, Hardcore Holly versus uh, Rob Van Dam match and that segment with the uh, ECW originals uh, kicking Elijah Burke's ass. I thought it was uh, really, really good. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I felt like um, we've been kind of in a weird holding pattern with ECW coming out of December to December um, with Paul leaving with big show leaving um, Lashley as the champion and just trying to get him established. And you had all these like kind of just random like mini feuds going on. It really felt kind of like there was no real direction from then to the rumble. But now I feel like with, you know, them doing the thing with Vince coming out and kind of declaring war on the originals and um, and we'll see what happens eventually with Lashley. But I feel like now we have some sort of uh, clear direction with where uh, ECW is going to be going um, as we head uh, first to to No Way Out in February. And then eventually as we get to Detroit and uh, WrestleMania. Yeah, well, that's going to do it uh, for us, Extreme Resurrection. But before we go, Steve, do you have anything that you want to uh, plug? 
Yeah, so you can usually find me over on the uh, PTB Pop Experience. Um, I have a couple of shows there. I have um, Pop Goes the Classics, where me, Andy Atherton, and Miranda Berthold are going through all the Disney animated films. Uh, for this month here, October, we will be looking at um, The Hunchback of Notre Dame as we kind of hit this uh, the back half of the Disney renaissance with some of these films that maybe aren't as um, highly thought of as some of the earlier films of the deck in the period, but still pretty good nonetheless. Um, I also have making Mount Rushmore where me and a group of people come on and we build our Mount Rushmore's um, through various topics. Um, obviously with it being October, um, it will be a little Halloween themed episode. So be on the lookout for that. And of course I also have the video jukebox song of the day, which I do along with uh, several other, other um, great guys as we are basically, we basically live watch a music video and then discuss, you know, talk about it. Um, it's a quick, you know, thing that you could do early in the day. Um, we've had a couple of um, great theme uh, episodes as of late. We did one where we did um, cover songs. Uh, we have one coming up that will be um, TV themes, which should be interesting. And then, of course, when we get to the end of the month, we'll do um, songs uh, for Halloween. So um, lots of great stuff there. Um, you can usually find me over on the PTB Facebook page. Lots of great um, discussions going on there every day. And our, um, our recent tournament just wrapped up. Uh, where we determined the greatest uh, animated film of all time, which was won by The Lion King. So I think a very uh, worthy uh, film to win that title. It um, edged out Shrek uh, to win it all. So uh, congrats to The Lion King for that. And thank you to everyone who took part in that tournament. Um, probably will be the last one we do this year. Um, so keep an eye out of when we do our next one uh, when we get to 2023. Yeah, a lot of a lot of uh, pop going on on that uh, pop feed. I also have a uh, theme request. Let's do pay per view theme song uh, music videos. You know, go find Puddle of Mud Control's uh, music video from Survivor Series 01. You know, that's what <laughs> so that would be my uh, theme for uh, for a month. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, I was recently on an episode of the Ruthlessly Aggressive podcast uh, covering No Way Out 2003. You had the return of Stone Cold Steve Austin. You had um, Rock Hogan 2. And you had that really good six man. Uh, you had that really good handicap match between. Um, um, what was it? Uh, it was uh, Brock Lesnar and. Uh, Benoit. Yeah, Brock Lesnar and Benoit versus Team Angle. So that was really good as well. Um, so so listen to that episode for my recap of No Way Out 2003 with Jacob Williams of the Ruthlessly Aggressive podcast. Well, that's going to do it and wrap it up for us here on uh, Extreme Resurrection. I'm James Grunberg. He's Steve Riddle, and we will see you next time.